Today's guest on the Obsessed Podcast is the fantastic, the amazing casting director, Geraldine Flood. Yes, you've heard of her. Probably because one of the shows she just cast won an Emmy. Or maybe because she has won an Ardios Award for Excellence in Casting in the past. Or maybe it's because she's currently nominated for another Ardios for Excellence in Casting. She must be very tired. It's a lot of winning. Anyway, I think Gerilyn is so funny. She's so creative. She's such a talented casting director. I'm excited to introduce all of you guys to her because she is somebody who can teach us a lot about this business, a lot about the art of auditioning, the art of casting, and the art of tolerating human beings who annoy you because I know I annoy her, but she's still so nice to me. And I know I annoy you guys too. So thank you for sticking with me this far. So today I'm the luckiest person alive because I'm sitting with my good friend. I don't think that's a lie, right? No, that's not a lie. I would say good Good friend. Good friend, casting director, (laughs) Gerilyn Flood. Uh, Gerilyn, before we begin, I have a little business to take care of. Have you ever listened to this podcast? No. That's perfect because you don't know that I brought a present for you. What? This handcrafted candle. Beautiful. It's from Tavoletta Creative. That's one of my best friend's new company, and he gave me one to give to my guests. Oh my goodness, it smells amazing. Yes, and your husband's going to like it too. Yay. All right. And Thank you so much. Oh, you're so That's welcome. so sweet. I'm glad you like it. Yum. The other thing I w- I've been wanting to tell you for a long time is, do you know the most famous I have ever been in my entire life was with you? Do you know no, what I'm referring to? No, when was this? No. We went to lunch. On right. the Paramount lot. Right. And normally I'd go to the commissary, but since you're fancy, we went to like the executive oh, yeah, yeah, lunchroom. Yeah. And as soon as we walked in the door, the hostess said, you're Seth Colton. You're Gerilyn Flood. <laughs> and I was like, well, and then I thought you must have made reservations and they know. And you were like, they didn't. And then she said, no, I watch Obsessed. And That's right. I just watched your episode. <laughs> that was amazing. Have you ever been like noticed on the street? Like that? No, not like that. No, when I when I when I've taught classes, you know, people do their homework and they're like, "I saw the Obseth," and I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> yeah, and that was interesting for me because that was one of the first times you stood in the role of an as an actor. Yeah, and I think you said it taught you something about the audition process or about actors being about on actors how you have to. I was. First of all, I couldn't remember. You had like, I don't know, a four-line thing I had to say. Yeah. I could not remember it. Can I curse? Yeah, totally. Okay. Could not fucking remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to cut it out and put it on my yeah, desk right. so that I could like make sure. I just wasn't confident. I could remember yeah. it. I just didn't believe I could. Yeah. And then also continuity. I was like, where did I put my hands? How did I do? Oh, God, this is so much harder yeah. because I talk with my hands and then I was like, wait, were my hands up when I said that? Were they? I don't know. It was so impressive that you thought of that though uh, because A, most people don't, but B, it's not strange just so you're aware. A lot of times, you know, when you're on set as an actor, you get the small script, the sides for the day and you just, 
tuck them under where somewhere you you can you can find them real quick. So <laughs> okay. you're totally normal, but you were great, and oh, people love that episode. Very sweet. It was called Floodgates. If you guys want to check it out for yes. Geraldine Flood, Geraldine, <laughs> I'm going to start a little bit backwards with you, okay? Because I believe a project that you did just won an Emmy. Yes, that's true. What was the project? It was. Live in front of a studio audience on The Family and the Jeffersons. That was so exciting to watch, by the way. Yeah, it was pretty magical to be in the audience for it. I have to say it was probably the highlight of my career so far. Wow. And I saw a picture of you sitting, I think, in Archie and yes. Edith's chairs. I was sitting in Edith and Mark Hirschfeld was sitting in Archie's. How amazing was that? I mean, obviously it's a recreation of the set, yeah. but I'm sure it felt like you were there. It was Insane. You know, we, I mean, I said, I, I was lucky enough, I got to say to Jimmy Kimmel that we used to call my dad Archie Bunker. He <laughs> no was, you know, and I'm from Queens, you know, Archie Bunker was in no Queens. Idea. And um, so to be able to be a part of this was just surreal. And, you know, I said to him, when I got the job, I called, I said to Jimmy, when I got the job, I called my sister and cried. <laughs> and then she okay. cried. And and Jimmy said, oh, is your dad still alive? And I said, no. But I said to my sister, if daddy were alive, he would be dead. He would die. <laughs> like, he would just die from the joy of it. Oh, that is so, so it was, cool. Yeah, it's it was weird amazing. When, when life brings you that that totally round trip ticket, yeah. you know, again, because it was so personal to you. And here you are, a part of it. Was casting for that pretty challenging because you were looking people who could not only maybe bring their own thing to it but also remind the audience of the original well we were we came in we were sort of the heavy lifting was done by the sony casting department delia frankel and don steinberg and amanda richards and emily love they worked on that i don't know who exactly Mm -hmm. so they they got woody and marissa and jamie and all that and we found like uh, Anthony Anderson, we got, um, we helped with Ike Barinholtz, that sort of, those mm-hmm. sort of people. So they got the series regulars and we got more of the guest story types. Uh, speaking of casting for that, one of my friends who was also on this podcast, Dominic Burgess, mm-hmm. I believe he was in an understudy. An yeah. understudy. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that before, but because it, it is, it is live mm-hmm. and anything can happen in a live performance, you had to have actors who were ready to take on multiple roles. In. Yeah. Yeah, how, how do you cast for that? Well, we were uh, Mark and I just sat down and sort of said, "Well, okay, who? How do we double up these roles, and then who can play what roles?" And it was kind of perfect that Dominic is English but does a flawless American. Yeah. So we were like, "Could he stand in for Archie? Sure, or he would be great in the Jeffersons as the neighbor who's British." Right. So that just thinking about all of that stuff, who can do double duty for things. And have you ever cast something before that had to have an understudy? No. I think this was the first time for Sony as well doing something live because of the whole rent thing when the guy broke right. his foot. Right, thinking were, about. You know, they had to still go on. Yeah. And did it add to the nerves for you as somebody who was so involved in the process that literally something could happen to a headliner and you have to make sure that the people that you've brought in are so good that the audience wouldn't miss. No, I felt I felt pretty confident with everybody that we'd brought in, and I think with a live performance, there's some forgiveness because we're all in it together. Yeah, I think the the best thing of the night was when Jamie Fox went up on his lines mm-hmm. and broke the fourth wall, and and it made it everybody kind of took a breath. Yeah, and we're like, all right, this is live. It's really live. Like yeah. they're making this mistake, um, and that. So, and I think it brought everybody along for the ride with us. And I think mm-hmm. if someone had to step in, 
they would have been kind. I, I like to think. I don't know. So was the process of casting that a shorter process because you had the specific rehearsal tape date done? Well, yeah, it was a, yeah, because it was a one-off. I think we were on for seven weeks. Normally you're on for a pilot and such for like 10. Mm. But as I said, Sony did, Sony casting the bulk of the heavy lifting for that. So it was just about making offers to people and waiting for them to respond yes or no. You yeah. Know? And it kind of, the money was what it was. It was nice money, but it wasn't out astounding. And some people m- were a little intimidated by the live concept oh, and I didn't want to do imagine. it. Yeah. Especially because you know, for such iconic shows yeah. that uh, you know nobody wanted to be the person who ultimately went up on the line. And it was so perfect, like you said, that Jamie did because he can handle that. He's yep. so good at that, and he's a yep. comic. He knows how to, you know. And it, it should be one of the leads because, God forbid, you were like a smaller yeah. role, and yeah, you went up on the line. Oh, you would just want to die. Yeah. And where did you sit when you were watching it? We were in the audience, just like they had arranged seats for us, so we got to see both. Easy, you know, we were sort of right in the middle, so we got to see both sets. Was there a big celebration after? There was a big party after. Mark, uh, I said to Mark, it felt like our wedding, or, or like you know, because I was just like, we have to go talk to Jimmy. He's like, okay, and like <laughs> we went over and talked to Jimmy and got a picture with Norman Lear, got a picture with Brent Miller, who was one of the who were the producers. Brent Miller was sort of the driving that whole process, and he's just the loveliest hardest working guy and he's just a joy to work with so that was great and we got photos you know got a photo on set all of that that looked amazing yeah is it framed now oh yeah okay good i have a i have a frame they gave us also like a like a little ticket a pretend ticket for the night so i for mark and i i for mark i got one where it's a photo of brent mark and i norman mark and i oh and then want the two of us on the set. And then underneath the ticket is framed. And I got it. It's really, it's really sharp looking. That is awesome. And, and when you say Norman, you mean Norman Lear, Norman which is Lear, legend. Yes. Yeah. I say that like he's my best friend. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> he's my imaginary boyfriend. <laughs> I love him. He is, he is, he, he, there's a reason why he's been in this business for so long there. He is just yeah. sprinkled with stardust and amazing and such a force. It's, it's, was I've got to work with him on this, and we also work with him on a pilot, Guess Who Died. That's what and it was, was called. Great. The pilot Guess was called Guess Who Died. Okay, it was based on like you know this people living in a retirement community. Oh, and what's the first thing you kind of ask? Yeah. Every, you know that happens every day. Guess who died? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. that's funny. So it was yeah. a comedy. Thankfully. It was a comedy. Yeah. Um, my dude, wait. Do you hate it when I call you? <laughs> no, because you know that's my thing. My dude, right now we are sitting in your taping audition room. Mm-hmm. On the CBS Radford lot, because your current show that you're on is Man with a Plan, starring Matt LeBlanc. Correct. I'm so impressed with you. <laughs> I really am. Why? Because you work so much on such good oh, projects. You're very funny. And no, it's so true. And I remember when we first met, mm-hmm. it was I was you were nominated for an Ardios along with a few other people mm-hmm. for a Nickelodeon show that you were doing for the pilot of uh, Big Time Rush. For the pilot of Big Time Rush, which which is a, a huge hit for the younger crowd right yeah and i know a lot of casting directors and you were so like kind and inviting i think so we became friends so i've studied your career as it's shot to the moon i think you're fantastic i'm really seriously oh my gosh when do you take a break come to my house and tell me that when i'm feeling blue oh you shouldn't feel blue but can i bring something up about your house go ahead 
I have a strong <laughs> feeling that there is spirit activity in your place. It Not stands the, to reason. It was built in the 1940s. I'm sure someone has died there in and, that time. You know, and I don't mean anything negative or bad, but when I was there, I was like, oh, okay, there's somebody here. <laughs> Do you ever get that feeling or is it literally just me? Not in that house, no. But I've had it in other places. Did, have you ever asked your husband, like, okay, my weirdo friend said. Mm, I don't think I have. Maybe I have, but I don't, I don't, I think, okay. I don't think he's felt it. It could just be my bias because I like things that are haunted. <laughs> anyway, so going back to your career. Um, after you did the show for Nickelodeon, which you did for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Four years, and, yeah. And then the show ended. Uh-huh. I think you made a concerted decision that you wanted to do um, something that was not necessarily based in the the, the world of kids shows. Right. And what was your first show after that? Well, I have, you know, to be perfectly honest, so I started in casting with Jeff Greenberg as his assistant on no Frasier. Wow. I did the last two seasons of Frasier and a bunch of other stuff, according to Jim and Baby Bob and a bunch of other things that we did pilots and things. And then went to work with uh, Zane Pillsbury for a bit and worked with Marcy Learoff on features. And this is when you were coming up as a assistant assistant. Assistant associate, associate. yeah, okay. assistant associate. Um, and then I just happened to get the job for Big Time Rush. It wasn't that I was looking for children. You know, you look for your job. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. But then what happens is you sort of, you get pigeonholed as, exactly. a, as a kid casting director. It's the same thing for an actor. If, you yeah. do a, if I'm an actor and I'm a series regular on four or five kid shows I get mm-hmm. known for that yeah but you know there's things you break out Eric Allen Kramer broke out of uh Good Luck Charlie and yeah. doing Lodge 49 doing all these great yeah. funky weird shows but first you got to break in right okay so you are so I so I took the job because it was my first job on my own yeah. and I was excited and I loved that show I loved everybody on that show we had such a family and then it ended, and I couldn't get arrested. Really? Yeah. It took me a long time. Oh, I wow. was off work for, in all honesty, nine months, something like that. And then I had reached out to my friends, Colin and Brett, Colin, uh, Colin Daniel and Brett Greenstein, and I was like, I need to be a productive member of society. Can mm. you, like, I know they get pilots every year. Can I be your associate? I just need to work. And they were kind enough to say, yeah, totally. So I worked with them for a week. And just at that, like that first week, Mark Hirschfeld reached out to me and said, I got this pilot. I want you to work with me. It's one of the best things I've read in a long time. It's called Save the Date. And it's written by Jeff and Jackie Filgo. And I was like, so Colin, I know that you <laughs> gave me a job, but... And they were like, go, great. You got to do this. Yeah. And so I've been working with Mark ever since. Right. And mm-hmm. Mark Hirschfeld is also a legend in mm-hmm. casting. Yep. Um, and some of the other shows, I think you did the, the Shannara Chronicles. Yeah, did I did say Shannara. that right? That's correct for MTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you feeling, well, actually before that question, I also know you did Her Story, which I was did. sort of a groundbreaking film that was web series yeah it was then turned into an like a, an episodic mm-hmm. and it launched some careers yeah. especially of the the director i believe sydney yeah sydney, sydney freeland and uh jen richards who is in um tales of the city now angelica ross who was on pose and is now mm-hmm. an american horror story yeah a lot of great people came out of that we were very lucky so you you've done some pretty heavy stuff mm-hmm. and also some comedies yep do you like both equally or do you find that you're gravitating towards one over another? I 
think it's that way that you say, you know, we talked about you get pigeonholed. Yeah. I think uh, people think of Mark and I for comedies, logically. Mm-hmm. Mark did a little show called Seinfeld. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and we've done a bunch of comedies, these multicam in particular. Um, but I like, you know, weird fucked up shit, too, yeah. you know. <laughs> totally. That's what I watch, but I like to do. There, it's harder. Like I did a show that I loved for MTV called Sweet Vicious. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it was, you know, intense and beautiful and amazing. And I, I just, I really loved it. But one of the things was about two women, one woman who bec- was sexually assaulted and mm. she becomes a vigilante to go after these guys who aren't getting uh, arrested for their crimes. And so I had to listen to a lot of the stuff was like women talking about the, in the storyline, doing, telling stories about their rape, their, about their assault, the men too. Mm. And that can... Yeah. Get you down. Yeah. I had to go home and like watch videos of puppies on YouTube <laughs> to just make my mind right again. Right. Yeah. Um, so in the day to day, I love comedy is great. It's easy. It's fun. No yeah. one, you know, you don't walk away feeling bad about yourself in a comedy. The, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are obviously actors. And I shouldn't say a lot because there's probably like nine listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but one day they'll discover us. For actors to know when, let's say you're auditioning some somebody for a, a multi-cam like you are now it's a very specific skill it's a very specific beat mm-hmm. do you tend to see the same actors for those more interesting single cam shows or have you realized you know what no no no. i have some artists who are great for this type and some artists who are great for that type yeah i think it's i mean theater multi like you say multi-cam is a hard thing to do it's a hard beast to get Mm -hmm. a handle on if you haven't done it so i tend to look at people who have had more theater experience makes sense that help then i know that they can handle that Mm -hmm. sort of world of like being real and grounded and present as if we're talking but also a little heightened for the audience that's happening i know to wait for you know laughs and all that stuff it is so specific i have done a number of multicams but Everything I've ever done on a multicam has been a pre-tape, so right. before the audience is brought in. And I can imagine, especially if, you, if you're, a, I guess they would call it a day player in a single cam, but in multicam you might still be there multiple days right. to get it. A, a co-star role, and it's your first one going out. I can imagine, A, it's invaluable experience, but B, it's got to be so nerve-wracking. Yes. Yes, and it's also, and I, I've seen it where... On this show in particular, because Matt LeBlanc is the lead, there are people who become so starstruck they can't act. Mm. We have had to replace people where it just is like you can't, it's, you know, he's a human. He is one of the friends, yes. Yes. But like people get a little star, like I grew up watching you and now I'm in this, oh my God. And you're like, now you got to be focused and do your job. Yeah. And because multicam can be so much like a, a play, you know, every beat sort of matters mm-hmm. so I can imagine if you're in your head the entire time you're not there on stage with everybody Correct. else so typically on a multicam it's a structured week yep right can we talk about how what like how that week begins and ends sure. typically um, I'm just smelling my candle again. oh good I love it it's what delicious. flavor did I give you this is lost at sea awesome um so t- today's Monday. Can I say that? I guess. Yeah. Uh, totally. <laughs> um, so today is Monday. We have a table read for the uh, episode that is shooting this week. Tomorrow is run through. Is rehearsal and run through. The run. Th- the run. Th- so they rehearse in the morning from like nine to 
one or two. And then we come for the run through. Everybody comes and they laugh and see what works and what doesn't. We literally walk through the set. Oh, wow. You know, and they and they do it like a play. They go from run, scene to scene. Um, and then Wednesday is also rehearsal and run through, but that's for a studio and network so that mm. they can have their last minute notes and things. And then Thursday we pre-shoot, as you said. And we pre-shoot a fair amount mm-hmm. um, just because of swing sets and we have kids and that sort of stuff. And then Friday night is tape night. So we start at five and because we tape so much on Thursdays, we can be finished by eight. Oh, wow. And so if the table read was today for this next episode, when did you begin the casting process for it? So the co-star that we have for this uh, episode will start tomorrow. I did the, I put out the breakdown the Friday before. So mm-hmm. not the Friday that just passed, but the one before mm-hmm. went through everything. I had pre-reads on Tuesday producer session on Wednesday and he was hired that day approved and hired. That Great. Day. And so for this episode, there wasn't a lot of guest cast. It was no. just the, the co-star. Yeah. And we don't normally have a lot of guest cast. We have a, we have a large, uh, series regular group with right. nine. So when you're writing for all of that, it's usually just a co-star right? where it's like getting someone from point A to point B. But this week we have a big guest star and she'll be in next week as well. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. And I love, I've actually read for this show once. I love, and I, I tell every cast director who comes to my podcast who still does in-person producer sessions how important I think that is. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you the feedback because for an actor to come in and... A, get the feedback of knowing that they're going to producers because oftentimes right, they just nice validation, send videos. Right. right. And also there's an opportunity if the writer or director, whoever you have here or yourself, wants to play a little bit and give some direction. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's important for the actor to know that they're on, on the right track. And it, it just feels good all the way around. So yeah. thank you for doing that. Of course. I sometimes don't think people know that self-taping can be a burden even Ugh. though it's necessary sometimes it when i get a self-tape I, a i have to you know ask another favor for a yeah. friend and i owe so many favors and then i have to direct myself and hope i'm doing the yeah. right thing or taking feedback from my stupid friend <laughs> <laughs> and then i have to edit it which i'm suck at and um I appreciate it when people like you are still seeing live actors. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't I don't get the self-tape concept. I don't personally for me it's even pilots or whatever. I, you know, we had a, we did a pilot 2 years ago that had 3 kids on it. And I pre-read everybody. There were no like only self-tapes only if they could not make it in and I yeah. needed to see them oh, in right. a timely fashion. Totally. In an emergency sure. situation, whether it's for oh. you or the actor, yeah. I love it. If I'm on vacation, I can't exactly. come in for you. I love the I love it that and way. It, and I would accept a self tape from someone like you because I know you. Yeah. And if you if it's my show, if it's Man with the Plan, then I know you know what I need. Yeah. But that asking someone to self tape in a void feels so weird to me personally, and also like, yeah. I how can I speak to the producers about? Their ability, the actor's ability to take direction or that they w- weren't crazy. You yeah. know, like oh, yeah. there's people who you like, you re- watch their reel and you go, oh, interesting. I went cool, yeah. cool. And then they come in and they are just weird. Yeah. And totally. there are some people who are cool with that. And there are some people who cannot handle. And I need to be able to know that Absolutely. so that I can, you know. I think that's something that a lot of actors don't really comprehend. 
um, that every time you're bringing somebody in, especially if it's to a room with other people in it, it's your reputation we're talking about. And it's you validating that, oh yeah, I, this person's talented, I know it, and they're not gonna be crazy. Because right. a lot of actors complain about, well, why don't casting directors just release audition notices to actors themselves? Why does it have to be through agents? Well, my answer to that is always, you have a relationship with the agent. If the agent is putting their name on the line, if they represent you, because they're the ones who have pre-screened right. you, that you're not crazy. But also, but it's also the thing of, there are so many actors out there that do not know what their type is. Hmm. They are, they're too it's close true. to their own self that they don't know. And they think, I could do that. Right. I could do that. And it's like, no, you can't. I mean, I remember I did a very low budget movie when I was first starting out and I did it, I released it like Actors Access or something like that. It was someone, I needed someone who was playing a college RA and I had women submitting themselves firmly in their 40s. Uh, yeah, and they could, they think they could play that. Of course, they think, well, yeah. whatever, I look good. Yeah. I could play 20s. Yeah. Or even that thing of, you know, when I was doing the Nickelodeon show, I would say I need people who are authentically teens and these girls would come in. Again, I used the girls because it was a all there were four boys were the leads. Right. So I was always finding dates for them. That was part of the thing. And they would come in and like, you know, tube socks and a little skirt and their hair and pigtails to try and make themselves look younger. And oh, it's like, no. lady, I know you've like signed multiple leases for apartments. I know you <laughs> understand car insurance. Yeah. Like you're a grown up. Right. You know, like yeah. that's not it's different. Mm -hmm. It's a different vibe. I totally understand that. On my way here into your office, you know, it's a studio lot, so you go through security. And I think you know me well enough to know that I began my journey as an actor as a crazy person, right? Like, it's all about me. Like, oh, right. I'm the, you know, 80-year-old. Right. Obsessed, exactly. So there was this, I was walking past, you know, to your office, and I heard security screaming, hey, you, which normally is about me. So I turned around and looked, and it was a, a woman who was in a jogging outfit and big earphones, like, you know, so she couldn't hear anybody. Mm -hmm. And she was trying to break onto the lot. Stop it. And they stopped her, and as soon as they stopped her, she said, well, I'm a veteran. I can be here. Like, in her own mind, she's devised plans, whether she's coming on to see Matt LeBlanc or coming on to give you a headshot. I don't know, but I do know that it is a business that can attract people who... I don't want to say not all there sometimes because it's a struggle, but right. people who are not always professional. People, yeah, and who are a bit deluded about their abilities and their... Yeah, she couldn't even jog. <laughs> <laughs> How about she said, I'm a veteran, like that would make it okay. I know. And maybe I misunderstood. Maybe That's she funny. meant like I used to work here, so I'm a veteran. I don't know. More questions for me? Yeah. Okay. Unless you want to be done. No, 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 not at all. Okay. I can keep chatting with you forever. I love it. Miss... Uh, Darylin did. <laughs> I want to talk about Dork. your your background, how you came into the world of casting, and I know that your brother in law is an actor, mm -hmm. so you have very like personal connections and a love for actors and for yes. talent. My sister's an actor as well. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. Um, do you audition her in the room here? Uh, I haven't for this show, but she was on Big Time Rush. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Okay, tell me about your life. <laughs> uh, so I'm from Queens originally, Queens of New York. You have no um, accent, by the way. 
Because my parents are from Ireland, oh. and so we're from Ireland, and uh, so I didn't have it in the house. I think was part of it. Mm. I don't know. Okay, it, it comes out when, when I. When you're pissed. Yeah, Kevin says when I'm angry, I sound like Rosie Perez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin is my husband. Uh, <laughs> so like some yeah. random dude. It's, it's um, random Kevin. So I moved out here with my ex, who's also an actor, and he uh, when we were in New York, living in New York. He took a workshop class with this woman, Kathy Ranking, mm -hmm. and we asked to take her out for dinner because I thought casting was something I was interested in, but I always focused on the movie casting because you see that yeah. giant card and you're like, that's okay, mm -hmm. that's who did it. Um, but Kathy worked with Jeff Greenberg and we just got along like a house on fire. And she said, when you move out here, you should meet with Jeff. And I got a job at CalArts in the interim because I was coming from NYU working there and then got a job at CalArts. It wasn't for me. And reached out to Kathy and she said, it's actually perfect timing. We have five shows this year. Wow. So I met with Jeff and it was one of those meetings where you say everything right. You know, like it just all flows. Like, he said, what's it like working at CalArts? I said, oh, it's good. You know, but the parents really want their kids to go to a school that has a great acting program but also great academics you know like uc irvine mm -hmm. he went i went to uc irvine oh. i was like yes didn't <laughs> yeah. even realize didn't put that together <laughs> and then at one point he said uh yeah we have five shows one of the shows is and i always get the name wrong um i think it's the in-laws that and he said and it's gene smart and dennis farina and i was like oh! and she said you know gene smart and i was like no but i had a list of five women names and five male names of people I wanted to see back on TV if you ever asked me. And Oh, interesting. And I said, and I saw Gene Smart in this Nikki Silver play and she was so brilliant. And he said, Oh, I saw that play too. What do you you know, da 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 do you like Nikki? You know. Yeah. So we had this great talk about theater, which I love and Jeff loves madly too. Um and he offered me a job on the spot and I How took cool. it. And did you create that list for your own use or because Kathy told you like you make no, lists my of casting? Own. That's no, so interesting. So what made you, like obviously you knew you might want to go into casting, but you've always had a love for actors mm -hmm. growing up. Like, oh yeah. gosh, I you know, I love this show and I haven't seen her on TV in so long. Let me write this down. Yeah. Oh, cool, dude. Yeah, I've always, and I've always had, it was my dumb party trick before IMDb. People would say, no, why would I know that person? And I would be able to go, well, you would know him. Seth because he did this weird movie but then somebody else would be like but you might know him from this TV show yeah I could remember what they'd done mm -hmm. um, you got the casting superpower yeah but it's <laughs> faded oh. we just have to remember too many names now yeah. it's too hard to keep track of it all so I always had that skill um, and I always loved actors and I always worked with like I worked with my sister when she was coming up you know m helping her memorize lines I worked with my ex you know um and I've just and I did lighting design in college, oh, wow. and so I watched shows night yeah. after night. So such not my business, but are you still friends with your ex? Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, good. We talk that all would the be time. so weird if he like wanted a job and you're like, oh, I bring him. him in. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad it's friendly. Yeah, yeah, so it's totally super friendly. With Jeff, who's also a legend in the casting community or entertainment community, I should say, um, it was your first time working in an office for casting and actually being part of a production. Can you remember the first time you went to set for one of your shows? It was Frasier. It was probably the table read. And were you like a nervous actor? I was just, I, you know, I, I have this all the time where I just think, if someone had told me in my bedroom in Queens that mm -hmm. I would be sitting at this table yeah. with these amazing people 
I would have said you're crazy. Yeah, totally. I have that moment all the time. I you do know? too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So that was probably that a lot, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that part of it or just, yeah, just like going on set for something and I was like, what? Yeah. You know, and there's yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, what, what is life like for people who are trying to learn about the process as a casting assistant, what do you do differently than you would as an associate when you moved up? Assistant is, it's all about the paperwork. It's mm-hmm. just really all about the paperwork. It's usually, you know, typing up all the cast lists, typing up the session sheets, getting all the printing out, all the pictures and resumes and doing all of that crap work, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for want of a better, you right. know. But it's it's how you get your feet wet and yeah. how you and, learn about And it's, as I say to people who are when I'm training people I say look if I know that you can handle this stuff then I can give you the next level but everybody should be able every casting director knows how to do a cast list it's maybe in a while since you've done it yeah you need to be able to do that and be precise and not make any mistakes with the social security number all of that stuff mm-hmm. you know those things that are key for us so you get paid well so you get yeah. paid appropriately so you get cleared at SAG all of this stuff we need it right excellent yeah and then what was your first job as an associate uh, working with Marcy Learoff, and I forget the name of the feature. I can't remember it, but yeah. Yeah, but I'd so worked you with her with for a bit. Yeah. Good. She's lovely. Yes, she is. She's like the social media queen. <laughs> and then I believe from our, our conversation, I learned that that was where you first got your casting director credit. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and the film was something about, I think it was a holiday. Something holiday. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. That's right. Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. I <laughs> yeah, that was why. my first uh, on-screen credit. Uh-huh. No, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was. No, no, no. That's a wrong. That's wrong. First uh-huh. film. I was. Uh, I got casting director credit. I think I had done the pilot for Good Luck Charlie already. Oh, I think gosh. that's what I got. Everything I say is wrong today. Sorry. No, dude. I think that's right. But it's so hard. It blend. It all sort of blends. I don't know. I was yeah. bouncing back and forth between Marcy and and Bonnie and Gail. So I'm not quite sure where what I was doing. And when you got your own office mm-hmm. at um, Paramount, Paramount, was that like holy crap? Oh, it was amazing. And now I get to do it my way. Yeah. Yeah. And but I was so well trained by people that yeah. I, I it wasn't any was it was like no this way works I'm yeah. cool you know. I also am so sad that the internships went away yeah. because I really think that's where people who especially want to be in casting gain experience because once you get a show if you get a new a show you got to hit the ground running yeah. you got to go so you have to hire somebody who, who knows, knows what, they're doing. what they're doing exactly you don't have time to do on the job training yeah yeah it's a bummer because we could help we could train someone now when it's relatively quiet for us and they could see the rhythms of things and then hopefully they would be faster you know when mm-hmm. they, a pilot comes along but do you still love um auditioning actors being I in the do. room yeah i do i love it a lot are you always the reader and um, if Mark's in the room, he'll read. Uh, he, he enjoys that part. Yeah. But Mark is typically, when you guys are on projects together, he's kind of heading up New York and you're in LA mm, and sometimes. It's a mixed bag. No, he's back oh. and forth so much, but I'm definitely here. I'm the constant in LA and he comes between New York and LA. Very he's cool. Very, but we, you know, we talk three or four times a day. We're on Gchat all day and all of that. So he's always, you know, we're always making decisions together. Yeah. Is it hard, do you think, for actors who you don't already have a relationship with to get on your radar? No, not at all. I don't, I don't, uh, I see, I make it a point to see people I don't know regularly. Oh, awesome. Because 
you can't bring in the same people over and over again. True. So I need to bring in new people. So what I'll do is I'll pre-read, depending on the size, they're all 12, 16 people. And then from that 12 or 16 I pre-read, I might bring four or five from the pre-read and then like four or five of people mm-hmm. I know straight to producers. Yeah. So that I know like, okay, Seth's got this. He can do this. Great. I'll have him come and then I'll have these other people that I don't, you know, that are new. Yeah. So it's like fresh faces. Yeah. Again, when I began and it was the super weird guy. And <laughs> when you first walk into a room with casting and you don't, you don't have experience really in the business, it's very nerve wracking mm-hmm. because what you think you understand is not what you understand. I, having, what do you think it is? That what do you think? How do you think it is? And well, how is it? How it is when I'm what I know now is that we're peers and we're friends. And if I do my job, whether I get the role or not, if I've given you a choice, I've done well, and I'll see you in the future. Right. And what you think when you begin is. This is my shot. Right. Everything I've ever done leads up to this. And I I know that Geraldine is going to want somebody quirky, so I'm going to be quirky and I got to get it. You know, you put yes. so much pressure on yourself. So it's very hard when you're just starting out, I think, to be calm in the room and it's it's hard to give a good read sometimes. Yeah. From your perspective, when an actor comes in and is giving off that vibe and doesn't have a successful audition because they were acting or being awkward mm-hmm. do you ever think like okay you know what maybe in a couple of years i'll Probably. see them again or or has it ever like nope this person just doesn't have it i think it's both i think it's both i think if there's a kernel of something there and it's i know it's the nerves that's getting in your mm-hmm. way then i'll keep an eye on you or i'll work with you and mm-hmm. i'll be like okay let's try that again yeah. But then you also have to feel like, well, if he's nervous now when he gets to set, right. it's going to be difficult. But maybe if you're work, not working on something with a live audience, maybe right. you, you could give the, totally. the waiter job at that point. Yeah, exactly. But it's also, I also try and like, if I have the time, which is hard, to help someone be like, okay, you need to, okay, let's just take a breath. Let's try that again. I can tell you're nervous. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Let's just figure this out, you right. know? I try and do that. Sometimes I just don't have the time where I'm just slammed and there's 12 people waiting and all of that. So I have to be like, okay, great. Thank you. Moving right. on. Got you it. Know. And is it, is my assumption correct that typically for a co-star, you want somebody to come in and be able to deliver the line and make it believable and leave? And sometimes for a guest star, then you might want somebody who could make a choice about a character? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The co-stars are the hardest things to do, mm-hmm. truly, in that it's that how do you make right this way funny, you know, right, or like yeah. or or not right. or not try and lean into it. Yeah. I actually love your I told you this story already that you're obsessed with Mark Tetchner. Oh, yeah. Where um, the actor has decided he's waiter number two right, and he's, he's given himself a backstory. Yes. <laughs> but don't feel bad for him. Because yeah. he was drinking <laughs> in a car accident. We, you know, Marcy and I had this, we were part of some Facebook group. This was years ago. And this guy was really fighting us on how he had to make a really bold choice mm-hmm. for this waiter or whatever he was, you know. And I was like, no, that's not your job is to move star A from point, you know, this point one to point two. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And he was really fighting us. And I just posted a link to your, to that episode oh really and he went oh 
got it. <laughs> like from that, it was so helpful. I say, I, I was talking to uh, Alex when my associate about it, about you too. And I was like, oh, you have to watch these. They're so funny. Oh, that makes me happy. And they're so helpful, I think, in that way of like, just kind of shutting down those ideas that people have, who, as you say, who don't know what right. the world is like to yeah. be like, no, this isn't. This is what you look like to the outside yeah. world when you do stuff like that. I appreciate you saying that. that yeah. That's one of the things I meant to do when I started it. The other thing is I have, had been YouTubing videos like sketches with about casting and all this stuff. And they always make the casting director evil. Oh my God. You know, it's always like, no, you're not black enough. Mm. And it's, and you know, they're always saying these offensive things to actors. And A, that's not my experience at all. Right. And B, I don't think they understand that they're the crazy ones, you know? <laughs> or like, did you see the movie The TV Set? I think it's called. No. David Duchovny starred in it. And they're they're doing a uh, studio test. And the casting director is like, where are you? What have you done? You look great. How oh, long yeah, have you been here? Wait. And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I try and give you something. <laughs> yeah, and you do. And I almost never come across somebody when I'm auditioning who just says the words and can't put any color into it whatsoever mm-hmm. you know yeah we want you to succeed and that giving you the best we can is the way to do it now would you ever step on set if if man with the plan said listen i've written a role for no gorgeous casting <laughs> <No>. director <laughs> first of all i would say so um i know some other people who would be great <laughs> no i would never do that i w- we were uh colin daniel and i were background on Frasier for one episode oh, no when the last season I can't remember which episode neither can he um but we all yeah all of the crew got an opportunity to be background if we wanted to so I'm in the in the cafe oh how with cool Colin in the way back yeah and all the other background actors who they were, were actually so mad at us because we were talking we oh, were really? whispering but we were still like we're like oh do you want to, this tea is delicious and, and they were like Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh shut up we're having oh fun. that's amazing yeah tell me about an audition that you've conducted that went really well, that you feel like you saw something, whether the person got the role or not, but it made you want to track the actor. Has that ever happened? Because then I'm going to ask the flip and an audition that maybe went off the rails. Yeah, I mean, I, there's always lists of people that I'm like, yeah, they're great, I'd bring them back. I couldn't think, there's nothing in particular, but it's okay. just like, I remember when we were doing... Um, Spiderwick Chronicles, Jessica Chastain came in and read. Wow. And I was like, oh, you'll be just fine. You're <laughs> just sprinkled with stardust and will be famous. Yeah. She was just, so you, could you tell really that. can tell when somebody Sometimes, comes in. It's not all the time. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's that's. They just have but, something though. Yeah. But that she, was, you know, that, that was eight years ago or yeah. a long, longer than that. But, and she's Jessica Chastain now. Right. Yeah. Right. And do you have anything in your recent memory of an audition that maybe didn't? white do what you needed it to yeah i have a i have a i have an innocent i actually have a great like innocent trying her hardest um audition okay great this was for the shannara chronicles and mtv was really great about taking risks with newer actors so they were like yeah read you know whoever will take the shot so this was for one of the she was a prince an elfin prince and uh Princess, what am I saying? Um, and so the first scene, she had seen this vision of monsters and she was drawing the monsters to try and make sense of it. 
and her boyfriend comes in and they have a chat. Second scene is she has fled the kingdom and she runs into um, kind of a, they're called the rover. There were, you know, uh, thieves basically. Mm -hmm. And the rover tries to, gives her a cup of tea, which she knows, the princess knows, has um, some sort of sleeping draft in it. So she throws the tea in her face, pulls out her sword, and takes a horse and leaves her bracelet for payment. Oh, wow. A gold bracelet for payment, and she rides off. Okay, that, that is a lot of like direction, though. No, because you didn't have to do that. No, Correct. But I, I can see what's yeah. happening. Okay, and she... And so she, the, she walks in and she's wearing like a Peter Pan ensemble. <laughs> Sweet little angel, <laughs> baby. With a plastic sword in her uh, belt. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was man. like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night. You know, like, all right, let's see what happens. I don't know. Maybe she's amazing. And she said, I'm, I'm going to need a minute before we start. And I was like... This is better than I thought. I was like, ah, uh, you know, full waiting room. Yeah, totally. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I gave her about 30 seconds because a minute is a really long time yeah. it, when you're in an audition. Right. You know, it's longer than you think. Yeah. But I didn't want her to, I didn't want to jar. I want to give her an right. opportunity to do it. So she's on the ground with these drawings that she's drawn. <laughs> wow. And... <laughs> Um, so, but I can't move the camera down cause I can't yeah. be raising and lifting cause she's going to stand up. So it's tilted heavily so that I'm <laughs> really getting the top of her head. <laughs> oh, no. my, my assistant is running at the camera at this time. Um, and then the second scene, I know she, I know at that point she's not ready. Yeah. You know, she's just right. not ready to do this. Yeah. Not that she's a bad actor. She's just not ready. Right. Totally. So this second scene, she says, I have a cup, plastic cup. Can you hand it to me wow. with the tea? Jeez. And I say, sure, because <laughs> now I'm in. You know? <laughs> Let's do this. So the sides are slightly revised, and they're still new to me, but they're, cl- they're close enough to the old ones that if I don't read the page, I'm going to go back in my head because yeah. I have the old ones memorized. So uh-huh. I have to be reading the sides. Uh-huh. So I have the, the cup that she's given me kind of tucked into the crook of my arm as I'm holding the sides and I'm reading with her. And I hand her the cup at the right <laughs> time. Uh-huh. And she's supposed to throw the tea at me. She, But her, of course, her adrenaline is just pumping. And she let go of the cup. <gasps> no, no. <laughs> There's nothing in it. It's fine. But it bounces off my belt buckle oh, no. and across the room. Oh, no. And she breaks. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, no, girl, it's on. You've made <laughs> these choices. Let's do this. <laughs> so we finish. She does that. And she has the, she has a, a binder clip attached to her uh, shirt. She throws that for the bracelet, bounces in the back of the wall. Luckily, like my legs were spread and she wow. threw it through, you know, between my legs. Holy merd. And then she finishes and I at this we're in a tiny office in on the the what's it the Gower lot, the Sunset Gower yeah, lot. Yeah, Sunset Gower. Tiny office and I'm trapped between my desk and the the camera mm-hmm. tripod. She finishes and immediately my assistant just leaves because he can't look at me. Like he just can't look at me because he knows 
that we're both going to be like, what just happened? Now, the poor yeah. thing has to collect all of those things. Yeah. The, the drawings, the cup, the yeah. bread. She brought bread and a crinkly, like, and I can't move. So I just kind of pick up my phone and just start looking through Instagram because oh, I yeah, can't wow. look at her. Yeah, and and did you get the impression right away that she knew that was not a, a I don't. I didn't. I couldn't look at her to know. I couldn't look at her to like yeah, break her heart. Man, that's rough. And I called the agent later and I said, I you know, what, she's not you. ready for a serious regular role. She needs to get into an acting class that you know is teaching her about. Pro- I'm sure she was great in her theater program right, in college. Totally. I'm sure that's where she was coming yeah. from. It was so clear to me. But she needs to get into yeah. a television audition class. Totally. And he was like, well, what happened? And I said, well, she had the drawing. He was like, well, that's not so bad. And then she said, oh, okay, that's not bad. And then, oh, hmm, okay. <laughs> and then, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah got yeah. it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? it. It de-escalated the every, every time it was down another level. <laughs> um, it's a great story. And, and because it's not mean. It's really just showing some of the people who are new to the business side mm-hmm. of acting can really get carried away because yeah. I know she was prepping that perfect audition for a week and a half I'm sure and, and unfortunately that's an obsessed episode waiting to happen right. and, and probably now she's working on multiple projects and just she's doing once great. she learned I'm the sure, business yeah. totally that's crazy but it's you only need that one to know I'm never doing that again we've all been there we've all done that we've all made those mistakes yeah that's part of what your 20s is yeah. for, you know, where you're like, yeah. I'm going to do this bold thing, you know. And how often do you find yourself talking to representatives about feedback, positive or negative? Not that often these days, yeah. no. More in pilots, when if they have a new client and they're like, mm-hmm. how did they do? What do you think? You know, that sort of thing. And speaking of pilots, can I ask you a little bit about the testing process? Sure. Is that as nerve-wracking for you it's guys? for everybody. It's the Is worst. It? It's so hard. It's so hard for the actors. I wish that there was a way that they could sign their contracts like a day or two before. Mm-hmm. So that's out of your head and you're not like signing five years of your life yeah, away. Yeah, You know, or something, right. something that we can... And you have a conversation with your agent the night before right. about it. That would be much easier. And then when they typically go in it, for your office, if they go in to test... Is it similar to a regular producer session with you? You're reading with them and there's just more people in the room? Uh, it depends on the studio. It depends on the network. It depends on where they are. You know, CBS Studios, very warm, lovely room. Very quiet. You know, they're quiet, but they're, it's a smaller room. So nice. They're so mm-hmm. appreciative and kind. Um, CBS Network is a bigger room. It's a, like an It's like a screening room for, I don't know how many, maybe 50 seats. And it's a very uh, quiet room. They have mm-hmm. all soundproofing. And so for comedy, that can be really hard because it feels like you're wearing ear- earphones. Uh, yeah. So it can be hard for an actor to feel comfortable. Yeah, makes sense. And it's, they're a very quiet crowd. They just don't laugh. Not, not that they don't think people are funny. They just don't laugh. Yeah. And so that can be tricky too. You yeah. know, when you're like, oh. What an important thing to know though, because if you have studied the scene and you're testing and you think it's so funny and nobody laughs. If you don't know to expect that, you might be go right into your head and think, 
oh my God, I killed the joke. Instead of right. exactly. being present in the thing. That's so exactly right. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think- but then other places are great and laugh and go along. and Yeah. But I still think it's... It's hard because you're never you're on a you're in a room with the blue backdrop with no props, just you yeah. reading with me or with Mark. If you're lucky you get to read with the lead of the show because that's mm-hmm. already been cast, but that's not yeah. always the case and and if a pilot doesn't go forward mm-hmm. after the pilot, you drink a lot. You drink a lot of mm-hmm. that. Well, I do that anyway. Um <laughs> Do you, are you just as heartbroken as the actor? Because that's also your job for yeah. the next 13 or, or episodes. It's not even, it's not even for the job. Yes, of course, that that, yeah. that that matters. But like we did a pilot last year called To Whom It May Concern for uh, CBS for CBS. And I just thought it was really sweet and mm-hmm. we had something special, I thought. But it's not, you know, and I was bummed. Yeah. I was really bummed about that one. There's somewhere you make and you go... Yeah, that's not gonna go. And yeah. some you make you go, Oh, I hope this goes because yeah. I just love everybody on it and I love all of the you know Right. Everything works. Yeah. Do you think and uh, this might be it beyond your realm of knowledge, but with some of the projects or the pilots that you've made that didn't go anywhere, is there ever a chance that they'll be resurrected another season that it might fit like four years down the line? I th- no, I think once it's done, it's done. I think what they do is the studio then goes out to try and sell it other places. Got it. So we did CBS Studios for CBS Network. Mm-hmm. CBS Network passed on it. So they can go out to um, other stu- other networks where like, here's here it is. Do you want to yeah. sign on for this? Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And? Like Insatiable? Is that the show on Netflix? I'm um, not sure. But it was a CW pilot and they sold it to Netflix. Oh. Yeah, that's a nice thing that all of these places have popped up. So. Yeah. There's more opportunity mm-hmm. for the stuff. And my my last question, I've kept you a lot longer than I thought okay. I would. How do you feel about actors who book through you, who give you thank you gifts? Because I love giving casting thank you right. gifts for thinking of me. But just recently I had the experience where the casting team was like, no, don't do that. Um, I think it's really sweet. I just think it's not to, and I don't know how to say this in a way. It is. It feels very ironic to me that the people who are doing co-stars or one-offs on our show will mm-hmm. buy me a gift, but people who are series reg- we've made series regulars on pilots and are making a lot of money right. don't even write a card. Yeah. So in that I get way, that. that so for me, it's like yeah, it's ironic. Save your money. I love a card. I love a. I love a thank you card. That's mm-hmm. very sweet. And if you you know talking about your time, that does mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. But a gift feels, it feels like, no, save that money. You don't know when your next thing is. That's my vibe. Yeah. Unless you have something where your friend yeah. who's happily don't, you know, like. Right, right. No, and totally you can say it. that in the note. Like, yeah. I think from another, from an actor's perspective, sometimes because it's so rare oftentimes to be able to, to be invited to go onto set, you have given us the opportunity. Obviously, we earned it, but sure. you you thought of us to bring us in the room to do the one thing we live for. Right. And for me, that's totally worth giving you something to say, dude, I'm going to be thinking about this day for the next 10 years. Thank you. You know, but that's just, I guess it's individual. Cause right, I understand but that's what you're what saying. saying. The card would be yeah. just as, as special. Right. You I know, like they, I don't like, there are people who send me like their picture and resume or whatever. And 
include a Starbucks card too. And I was like, don't do that. Yeah, especially if, if they don't know you. Yeah, right. save your just save your money. Just save mm-hmm. it. You spend enough money being an actor. It makes me feel bad that yeah. you're spending it on this, and and I don't I don't like that. I wonder if most at this point understand that people don't like that and don't won't use it, so they just steal a bunch of cards that have never been put money down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do from now on. Dark. Um, when you said it, really struck me when you said about how there are these series regulars that you've given these opportunities for who you know don't even give thank you cards. I think about that when they give speeches when they've won an award mm-hmm. and they don't bring up casting. I, it perplexes me to mm-hmm. no end. I, I wish I hope that changes. Well, but it's it, we're such pr- high. We're such pre-production, and you've only had a, you only have a few moments with with casting. But then you're with your director, your other yeah. coworkers for however long the run of the show is or the pilot or this and you're in the trenches and you're in mm-hmm. it. But that's why I wish people knew more about the casting process because mm-hmm. they don't realize how much casting has fought for them, done paperwork for them, had conversations about them, negotiated mm-hmm. contracts with their agents and managers about them. Like th- that is a big part of your time in production mm-hmm. is that specific talent so actors listening please don't forget about your casting directors (laughs) (laughs) they're awesome um is there anything while we wrap up this segment another big group of people maybe two talent (laughs) reps listen to this podcast Is is there anything talent reps agents or managers should know about working with you that you you know prefer emails over calling or you know make sure that they know their talent before they pitch it and if you have uh, nothing, that's fine too. No, I mean most most agents and managers kind of know what they're doing, but it's the it, what I don't appreciate is the like super hard push when it's like I, I have I, there's a couple of agents I know who just kind of put out their roster without yeah, considering right, yeah. a lot of them. They submit a lot of people. Yeah, and it's like you yeah. know what we took time to write this breakdown, and someone wrote a script that's available, particularly for pilots. Yeah, read it. Right. And then send at least best. read the breakdown, right? You know, like I really I write them most of the time myself. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's unique. Um, and I really work on it. I really yeah. think about what I adjectives I'm using and all that stuff. So when you submit people who like we have a weird random auctioneer next week, and I say must have the ability to speak quickly or have auctioneer experience. Mm-hmm. 700 people were submitted. They're not. <laughs> There's not that many auctioneers. Yeah, yeah. That like, and that's, you know, so, and that's clearly some people were listening because on average we probably get 1,400 for a co-star. Mm. So people were listening and I appreciate that, but the ones that aren't and it's just like, right. stop, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I've covered okay. what I, my questions I have for you I, because I know you pretty well. I think you are awesome. <laughs> And I, I really, really, really do think that. And I hope that there are more actors who get to come across your path professionally and know what it's like to be in a warm room because your your audition rooms are warm. And for actors who are, are newer, warm room means friendly, means you feel comfortable when you walk in. A cold That's room nice. would mean that you're, you are thinking about your audition and there's no relationship there. So you have a warm room. Oh, and a warm heart. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Gerilyn. Thank you, Seth. And there we have it, another great episode. Thanks to our guests for being so generous. Thanks to you for listening and being a part of this community. This has been brought to you by Obsessed 
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. Please check it out for fun videos and updates. And don't forget to find something that you're obsessed with.